It's about making your life a little bit easier when you're creating content. This is Oversharing with Mikhail Alphon. Alphon. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you looking to launch your own podcast? If you are, you have to check out Mike Me Audio. My podcast would not sound nearly as amazing as it does if it wasn't for their help. And I frequently recommend them to my clients at Blue Light so you know it's legit. They have a full suite of services to help you launch your own show from ear-catching intros, editing services, and they'll even help you publish your finalized episodes. Now, they've worked with shows like Brittany Crystal's Beyond Influential, Libsyn's The Feed, so you know you're in good company. So if you're looking to launch your own podcast and you know I recommend you should if you're building a personal brand or a business, just mention my name to nick at mikeme.com and you'll get your first episode edited for free. Again, reach out to nick at mikeme.com. That's N-I-C-K at MikeMe.com, and they'll edit your first episode for free when you mention this show. But before I speak too much, let's get on to the podcast. This is really awesome, so thank you so much for having me uh, here today. Today we're going to be going over how to, to create your own content plan. This is something that's really important to me, and what we do at Blue Light Media is creating a ton of content for a lot of different companies. So before I get too into this, I wanna get a little bit more context on the room. I know that we have some service-based uh, companies. We have people that kill robocallers, which is awesome. Um, but how many people run like a SaaS, pro, uh, SaaS company right now? That would be yours, okay. What about like consumer packaged goods? We had one for sure. Consumer packaged goods, services? What am I missing here? Services, all right, cool. Um, so this, what I'm going to go through with you guys is going to show you how to sustainably create content over time. And before we get too far into it, I did want to tell you a little bit about why I find this so important. As we mentioned, my name is Mikhail, president and co-founder of Blue Light Media. Um, I've been running this agency for the last five years, and what I'm really proud of is that we went from literally knocking on doors to being able to get inbound traffic. But I didn't actually start with any marketing experience, and I also didn't start with any agency experience. When I was 20 years old, I was actually a nurse. And the, here's the reason why I find content so important. When I was 20, I found out that my identity was stolen. But I didn't find out because like, my credit card bill was super high or anything like that. I found out because my apartment was turned upside down, the cops had been at my house, uh, going through all of my stuff to find a bunch of documents, I guess, um, because somebody was using my nursing license at the time to embezzle millions of dollars. Before I was 21 years old, I was sued for half a million dollars that I didn't have, and I was being threatened to have my nursing license taken away. So unfortunately, my dad wasn't really around at this time, so I didn't really have his help. And my mom didn't really know too much about the legal system or anything like that. It eventually ended up that I just got my nursing license stripped from me, which sucked because that's what I wanted to be my entire life um, from when I was a kid, really. So I wasn't able to find a job. This is around 08, 09, something like that. I, I couldn't even get a job at Burger King at the time. I ended up knocking on doors, scrubbing toilets, whatever it took, 
throwing, um, we were selling jewelry back when like cash for gold was a big thing. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, it was huge. And I'll never, I'll never forget this day that my mom like broke down in tears because we thought we were going to get like $500 from all our gold. She ended up getting like $1,100 or something like that. It was life changing. Anyways, I ended up running casinos in uh, Orange County, playing poker, things like that for like the next three or four years, which was nuts. And I actually worked at a telemarketing agency because that was like the ultimatum is I had to get a job or I had to go back to school and I was definitely not going back to school. But that's where I learned my chops and it was actually one of those local SEO firms. You guys have owned businesses for a while, so I've, I'm sure you've heard Press One if you wanna be on the first page of Google, anybody? Yeah, those are all scams. And I found that out when I was working in the operations department of the, uh, you know, of the telemarketing agency. And uh, when I found that out, I decided, look, I wanna start my own agency, kinda like yours. I wanted to start a marketing agency because at, like, at this point, social media was coming out and I was like, this is something that's tangible. At the very least, I can show them that I'm posting X amount of times to Facebook or whatever it was. And again, this was five years ago. It's, been a, it's gotten a lot more um, sophisticated since then. So I started that company, filed my LLC. The, uh, the CEO of the company I was working for decided to sue me for six and a half million dollars and fire me. I didn't have six, six and a half million dollars, so that was rough, but it wasn't my first go around with a, a lawsuit. So I was able to handle it a little bit better this time. But for the first 18 months of running my business, it was literally just knocking on doors. And I remember one of the first clients that I ever got uh, was a $600 one-time payment. I built them out a website, did a photo shoot, did three months of social media marketing, and then negotiated with Yelp, because those guys are scammers too, negotiated with Yelp to like get some money back or something like that because it wasn't working. So that's where we started. Our first monthly recurring client was at $400 a month and that was like amazing. Um, but once that lawsuit was dropped, I was like, maybe I should start marketing myself. So I took Instagram, I took Facebook, a little bit of YouTube, and I started promoting content about what I believed to be true about social media marketing. Articles like, here's five reasons why you need to hire a social media uh, agency, things like that. Nothing too crazy. And it turns out that a friend from 10 years, the friend from 10 years ago, from high school or something like that, when I posted this article, ended up working for a company called NeoCell, which is a collagen supplement. Hadn't talked to her for 10 years. I posted this thing right on my personal Facebook page. I, you know, I got over like, the whole idea of like, I don't want to use my personal pages for business because I figured the first five to 10 clients I'm going to get are from my friends and family anyway. This client ended up going from, took my company from doing $400 in monthly recurring revenue for my clients to $4,000 a month in monthly recurring revenue because that's everything that they needed. And they believed in what we could do. I just needed the right person and I needed the shot. And since then, they ended up getting acquired by Nutrinex, later the Clorox company, and we ended up working with six of their brands under the Clorox uh, company. And we've had a ton of incredible opportunities since then. The company today employs seven people, which I'm really proud of. Um, we went, and when I think about it, we went from running casinos, my mom and I, running casinos, selling jewelry, to now like, just having my own place. I'm gonna get married next year. And I, was, I didn't have to pawn anything to get an engagement ring, so I'm really pumped on that. Um, but the other thing is this. When I was building my company, and to this day, 
I didn't spend a dollar on Facebook ads. Every single thing I did was absolutely 100% organic. A lot of it was done on my phone, and a lot of it was done in my bedroom. And it was just about understanding that it wasn't about necessarily the, the quality of the content. I think a lot of people get hung up on that, but it was just about putting it out and making sure that I was producing something of value. And I truly believe that creating enough content for yourself or your companies or anything like that can dramatically change how people look at it and how people are going to interact with you and hopefully become customers, investors, and, and so forth. So that's why I really love content. So the first thing that we want to do when we start developing content is start with clarity. And I know that you guys recently did like a uh, branding and persona. Go ahead. Yeah. So actually, uh, before I move on, thank you. So after this, I'm actually going to have all of this printed out for you. My buddy Arash over here is, uh, we're going to have a video of it so you can rewatch it. We're going to have an audio version for you. We have a couple um, other worksheets to help you with branding. And this will be, uh, you'll have um, a link to have all that stuff. So we're going to uh, start with clarity. And I know you guys went through a branding workshop recently, but I just wanted to touch base on that real quick. Um, the reason you want to always understand who you are and who you're talking to is because I'm sure you've heard that, uh, that saying that if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to nobody at all. But the first step in, in uh, gaining some clarity is first understanding who you are. So the first thing that we want to start asking ourselves is who are we, or who are you, rather? What is your unique value proposition? And this was really interesting. I didn't know that we were doing like a pitch competition before this, but it was really interesting that some of the thing, like some of the questions that came up in the feedback was, what is your, you know, what makes you different from the competitors? Is it, you know, the 30 for 30 campaign, um, and those types of questions. The other thing is, how are you going to change your audience's life? outside of just your product. And I think that's something that's really important to address because people are just thinking that their product is the, is the number one thing. But I actually think that the brand is really what's life-changing because a lot of people, like I can get five different pairs of shoes, but why am I buying Reeboks instead of Nikes? What does that say for me as a person? So what am I solving there? You know what I mean? Am I, if I'm a fashion brand, am I solving for style or am I solving, Am I solving for money? Like, you really have to figure that out for yourself. And then also, what I would say is figure out three topics that you want to talk about that aren't just about your product. So for, uh, what, what was the name of your company again? Was it um, 30 for Life? 30. So there's probably, and if you're providing shakes to other children, you could probably talk about some ailments that are some diseases that these kids are, that you're solving for, how you're providing food to underprivileged places, and then also, um, and then also like why your shake is better than anybody else's. Pick three content pillars. And the reason that I say three, maybe five, is because when you are producing your content, you wanna make sure that people understand what they're going to be getting from you, and they can start expecting that. So every time I go for, to the uh, 30 for Life page, I know that this is the type of content I'm gonna get. That's a solid thing with any brand. Think of Tony Robbins, for example. You're not necessarily going to him for fashion advice. You're more likely gonna to go to figure out how to, you know, how to motivate your business or motivate your employees, things like that, in your own self-improvement. 
The second thing is <clears throat> identifying exactly who your target persona is. And I know that this sounds really basic, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't talk about this first. So ideally, you want to do a lot of market research and finding out who your target persona is. But there's a couple things that we do personally, or we do at Blue Light Media that really ha helps with this. And one of them is actually digging in to understand what are some of the supplementing brands that my uh, core audience also resonates with. So I'm going to pick the, you know, uh, the 30 for life again. So yeah, they might also follow different sports teams. They might also read Fitness Magazine, or they might also be, uh, be members at like high-end gyms like Equinox or something like that. I'm just pulling this out of anywhere. So the reason that I want to pull that out and understand uh, what other brands they're listening to or what other brands they resonate with or what publications they're reading, things like that, is because now that's giving me ideas for content, right? So if I know that my core audience reads fitness magazine, I can literally go through the magazine and find topics that I can talk about and turn into myself. So that really helps. You also want to look at this on an image basis. I don't think enough people really pay attention to this, but um, look at what, the, what your competitors or what your, what your competitors are producing from a visual standpoint and see how that's working for them. Because we want to, as much as we want to create uh, a unique image for ourselves, it's important to see uh, what type of content is already working. And the reason I point this out is because if you're producing your own content, then it's going to be a lot easier if you have somebody else that it's, that's inspiring you. I want to ask another question. Do any of you guys have your own marketing department yet? No. Every, does, and everybody does their own marketing? I'm going to take that as a yes, and I just spilled on myself. And business partner, I did one of these recently. My business partner said, you can't hold the water bottle anymore. And I told him, if I don't, I'm going to spill it all over myself. And I just did. Um, OK, so the reason I wanted to bring that up is because if we are able to actually identify who we're talking to um, and what they're resonating with, it's going to help us come up with ideas a lot more. This is supposed to say uh, content equals currency. But when it goes up there, it just scales differently. But I'll make sure that it's right there. Again, as I was telling you before, uh, we haven't spent a dollar on Facebook ads. All of the content that we're creating has been done in-house. We don't hire anybody out, except for right now. I'm, I'm working with uh, Super Bad Media, which is great. We don't hire anybody out to do this. And we're able to produce enough content for ourselves to be our marketing. We're only using organic strategies right now. We will be doing paid um, in the future. But right now, it's working for us. And this is a lot of the places that you can start. So when we're creating a content plan for ourselves, we want to look at the next 90 days and see what are the messaging points that we're going to come across. Ideally, you want to make sure that your social media, your website, your email blasts, your print collateral are all saying the same thing. Consistency equals profitability. If, you are, you know, if somebody gets a piece of content from you, but then they can't find anything that looks like that on your site, they're not, they might not think it's from the, right, uh, from the right company. And you might lose that person. So you want to make sure that you're bringing them down at all times. I put together here a quick like, spreadsheet, essentially, for a 90-day plan. This is actually what we use internally for, uh, you know, it's a little bit more robust depending on the client. But this is kind of what we use internally to just see what are we going to be talking about over the next quarter. And we want to make sure that everything lines up. 
Something, some things that might be important are national holidays, important dates for your company. But organizing yourself to see what you're gonna be talking about is something that really helps. I mean, just take a couple minutes, batch your content, and, uh, and discover what are, you, what are we gonna be talking about because what's gonna happen next is you're gonna create one piece of what I like to call hero content. So what we're gonna be talking about right now is what we do at Blue Light Media, what I do for myself as a personal brand, and it's called the Heartline Content Cycle. And essentially what we're doing is we're taking one big piece of content and we're cutting it into a million pieces of content and distributing it all over social media and different platforms. What you wanna start with is a hero piece, and that hero piece is gonna be a long form piece of content for you. The hero piece can be anything from a YouTube video to a white paper, to a podcast, you can really decide what you want that to be. And that hero piece can live on your website, definitely the white paper, definitely the long form YouTube video, and it can be anything from talking about your product, like a product demo, or it can also be something along the lines of talking about a lifestyle piece. So when we're thinking about our target persona, we also wanna think about uh, what are some of the other things that they care about outside of just my product? So if we're working with parents, it's not just about you know, how, to re uh, how to discipline your kid, for example, but how can we get them to study, study better? You know what I mean? What are, some, what are some ways that we can improve their habits in that sense? So we want to think of that person and every single thing that, that person actually cares about. Now, after, after you have your piece of hero content, you want to make sure that uh, again, it's driving to a site and you have, the, the, uh, you have lead capture forms so that you can actually capture information and develop leads. Go ahead. So are you saying, you know, the hero piece is like your big piece and then these other things are driving to that piece? Yeah. Which is to establish my credibility or credentials in that, in that topic that, we're, that the whole thing is about? Right. So, I mean, in the old days, right, you do, everything was to drive traffic to your website. Yeah. You're saying before they before I do that, I want to drive them to my hero piece so they know who I am when they get to my website. That's correct, but your hero piece is actually going to live on your site, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, so your hero piece uh, is actually going to live on your site. So that's what you're going to be driving them to. And I think on what's happening now is a lot of times people are going to trade any sort of information. They're going to want to build some trust somehow. And by giving them a white paper or a webinar, you've seen all of these things before. It's going to help build that trust a lot better. Is it like, uh, not sure if I'm understanding correctly. Is it like, have you seen that um, yeah. Dollar Shave Club video? Yeah. Where they have a video on their site, like a one and a half minute video. And all of their content, their marketing content actually points to that video. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you've kind of, you've probably seen this, and I'll go through this a little bit more too, but you've probably seen this on, you know, let's take a Super Bowl commercial, for example. Somebody is buying a two-minute segment on that Super Bowl commercial, but then when you see it on Friends six months later, it's only the 30-second segment, but it's still talking about that. In this sense, it's a little bit different because we're going to be talking about one, one uh, like, long subject, for example, and this is going to be my long-form piece of content, right? And I'll take different excerpts of it out. Go ahead. How, how long is a long piece? Because we're always taught that today's attention span is nanoseconds. So right. If you're talking about a video, is like a five-minute video long, or is it a minute and a half? What, what's long? I think that depends on, it depends on the audience and the quality of the content. So how I look at it is that if Star Wars 
Nine, or Star Wars 9 is coming out in December, if that's four and a half hours long, I'm all about it. And it doesn't seem long to me. But if it was The Bachelor in Paradise and it's 15 seconds long, like, I want to shoot myself. You know what I mean? So, like, it just depends. I would say, you know, I would say that a minute could definitely be long. It just depends on the subject and what you're talking about. But you're talking about taking your long-form content in whatever form it is, video or, mm -hmm. or whatnot, and taking excerpts and bits of that or, or talking points from that, spreading that out on the internet to get like a lot of digital touch points out there, like bring people mm -hmm. back to this core piece that has a richer uh, experience for people so they can like feel the brand. Absolutely. So the long, to answer your question, one minute can be a long-form piece of content because we can take 10-second segments out of it. It doesn't take that long to do that. So what kind of advice would you give on developing this hero? Start with your phone. Honestly, we, we did like 20 vlogs just from our iPhones just to prove a point that you can do it. My, you probably, do you have an iPhone? It probably shoots in 4K. Now with the new, uh, the new update, you can edit most of your stuff from your phone. And it doesn't have to be amazing, you know what I mean? Um, you, can also take a, you can also take an app, app like Anchor and you can start talking into it and you can produce a podcast for free. And uh, you just talk into it and it distributes it to iTunes, to Spotify, everything else like that. So just start from your phone. So does your company, do you guys help develop these videos as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, question. Yes. Just to make sure the hero piece is different, it's not a commercial about your product. Because right. sometimes we, like on YouTube, you see people have a documentary talks about themselves and how they get to the product. It's kind of like about them and about the company and about the target. It's kind of like all intertwined. Mm -hmm. So just to make sure. In my opinion, it's not just an advertisement about your uh, about your product. This is for me. This is about building the brand first. You know, and you're moving them down. You're moving them down the funnel. What I would say is that. <laughs> You want to create educational pieces, entertainment pieces, whatever your brand is actually about, to gain some trust there. And then, you know, something with Facebook ads, which I'm sure is a different course here, then you can retarget people who've actually watched that and ask them to purchase your product or put them into an email funnel of some sort. Cool. So that was the hero piece part. Now we want to talk about the micro pieces, right? The micro pieces could be 15 seconds long, they could be five seconds long, it could just be a quote. If you're doing a white paper, for example, you can put the top five things from, uh, from that white paper and put it up on LinkedIn or anything like that. For us, we'll create small pieces of content that go out on LinkedIn, that go out on Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever it might be, and we're actually just writing a small excerpt from that. So this is from a recent chat that we did and literally we just took a small 15 second piece that had value in it just to gain awareness that way. And some of the things that we'll do is we'll go into the, we'll go into the comments of this post or we'll go into the direct messages and we'll actually pull those people and drive them to the whole piece. And it at least starts the conversation. But now what I wanna, what I wanna point out and what I think I missed here was that it's not necessarily about like how we're driving people down the funnel. It's about making your life a little bit easier when you're creating content. Because you can put out hundreds of pieces every single month and it seems daunting. But if you actually have one piece that turns into a thousand, it makes it a lot easier. So I'm sure you do some of this at your agency too, right? Perfect. So now that we've created our small pieces, you might have to have somebody go through and see what are the chunky parts uh, that you can actually promote on social media. There's a lot of easy ways that you can edit these pieces too. If you have a, if you have like a 15 minute piece, download the InShot app 
on, uh, on iPhone and it helps you edit that real quick. You can create a video meme out of it, whatever you want. You have a lot of energy too and I'm sure that motivational part comes out with you. So you can create that into a meme and put the video right in there and it's a free app. So you wanna share this on all your platforms but the thing that I wanna point out is that you wanna respect the context of each platform. For example, on LinkedIn right now, a text-based post is gonna perform a lot better than, uh, than a photo by itself. What actually performs really, really well on LinkedIn is if you can get this long-form piece of content and put it in the form of a PDF deck. We've had a couple of the PDFs that we put out get 50, 60,000 views to it, and I definitely don't have 50, 60,000 people that I'm linked up with on the platform. Um, so consider that for LinkedIn. On Instagram, photos and videos are gonna do a lot better. Go ahead. What's a PDF deck? Uh, like, a, like a pitch deck but a PDF, okay, yeah, PDF. yeah. Okay. It scrolls from side to side, it works really well, and it just, it gets so much reach, and, it, and it's free. What's happening on other platforms like Instagram and Facebook, uh, well, Facebook is already done, but Instagram is crushing organic reach now too because they're gonna turn, they've already turned into a paid platform, right? So finding other places that you can, that you can actually put this out is a big help especially if we're looking for investors, a lot of that is actually going to be on, I would assume, on LinkedIn. Go ahead. For me, what you said about LinkedIn is, and why I like the deck thing versus videos, mm -hmm. is I control how long I'm there. Yeah. It's a video, I'm like, I have to sit through who knows how long. When it's a deck, I can kind of flip through really quickly and decide the amount of time I'm going to spend. Yeah, exactly. And that's why with something like this too, like I, we might put out 15 seconds, like this is on Twitter actually, but we might put out 15 seconds of it but then we'll actually just have a small link that says watch the whole video here if they want to. But at least they're getting a chunk out of it, gaining some interest. It's like a preview. So you want to respect the content on each platform. Go ahead. On LinkedIn, the PDF you mentioned, does it matter if it's a pitch or...? The PDF format by itself works a lot better. As opposed to like a video or a still photo. Yeah. And if you, if you don't want to create a PDF, text by itself works really well too. It's going to get, you're going to get a lot of reach that way. So once you have all of your micro content out, um, you want to make sure that it's directing back to your website, your app, wherever you want people to land. And what I was trying to tell earlier during my meltdown of this thing not working was that you want to make sure that you have your lead capture forms on all of that. It's basic practice. But... Um, you can start with a giveaway, some sort of trade so that you can move them further down the funnel. Like if, you, if they end up watching a video of yours, try a free sample, something like that, they go into your email, fun, uh, email funnel. But make sure that it's directing back at all times, whether you're using a tracked link, um, whether it's just a YouTube link or whatever it might be on Facebook, it always needs to lead back to it. Otherwise, we're getting some, sort of, some attention from them and then we're kind of losing them. So find a way to tie them back. Go ahead. So what you do is you input like a hyperlink into your content mm -hmm. for them to click on and then it takes them back to your hero. Yeah. So on LinkedIn, for example, if we're using that platform, we'll post a small video and then we'll literally say in the caption, uh, link, to the in link to the website in the first comment and then we'll put it there. Or you can just put it in the caption in itself. Now, next, you obviously want to measure the performance of the content that you're pu putting out. The reason that you want to, obviously measuring the performance is important, but you want to see what type of content is working best for you. Just on Instagram, you have a lot of insights as to what your posts are actually doing. If you have a business profile on Instagram, 
uh, you can actually see on an individual level how much reach you're getting, how many impressions you're getting, how many people have connected with it, and then you can start to compare, does a video work better for me or does still images work better for me? Do short quotes and captions work better or does you know, a selfie work better? It's, you want to figure out exactly what's working for you so the next time you're producing a hero piece of content and you're cutting it down into smaller pieces, you know what you're gonna pull out so that you're performing a lot better. One of the things that we like to look at as well is not just the, um, is not just like our demographics or anything like that, but we also wanna see how many shares are we getting from this type of content too. So this is just Instagram, which has the, probably the most in-depth uh, analytics, um, uh, in-depth analytics of the social platforms. LinkedIn doesn't really offer anything like this unless you're actually running ads. This is all the information that's available to you organically, which is great. So you can actually see if you're using a hashtag strategy, how many people, uh, in, how many people saw your post from the hashtags that you're using. You can see how many followers you're getting up and down. And some of these things that I find very important are how many people are actually saving this content and how many people are sharing it. To me, I value impact over impressions. I wanna see that the content that I'm putting out is actually worthy of a share from somebody else or somebody actually tagging uh, one of their friends to view it too. The more I see something like that, the better I think that my content is performing because we can all hack the system and use better hashtags and use a little bit, you know, a little bit of ad spend and get as much reach as possible. But if it's not actually making an impact on our target customer, then it really doesn't matter. So this is something that you can do once, once, hopefully get to know your brands a little bit better. And the last thing I wanted to leave you with is this. Over the last three and a half years, this is gonna sound kind of pathetic, but after the last th uh, over the last three and a half years, I've created 2,030, I think, Instagram posts. I have 130 episodes of my podcast. We have 150 episodes of the Tuesday show, which is a business-related video show that we put out on LinkedIn and Facebook back in the day. Uh, 70 blogs, thousands of tweets. I'm sure that there's something else. This doesn't even count Instagram stories and things like that. But that's how much content that I'm personally creating because all of the leads are actually funneling just through me. I don't have a sales team. Uh, but promote, putting out all of this content, not just talking about business, but the things that I actually believe in, create better connections with the people that I'm actually trying to have as new partners for my company. When you're creating content for yourself, just don't think about your product. Think about who you are and who your brand is as a person. Because a sale never starts with, buy my stuff. It always starts with, we have something in common. So don't be afraid to let people know who you are, what your brand is about, what you actually believe in, because those are the things that are actually going to resonate into more sales for you in the future. And that's all I got for you guys. Thank you. Thank you.